Baptist Church Podcast number 12. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Nice shirt. Thanks. Repping. Yep. Um, it's a stolen shirt. Well, not, not really stolen, but it got left and didn't belong to me, but I'm wearing it today. I do think it's funny that you They don't watch this podcast. Okay. Well, they should. Okay. Um, you said something on Sunday that has not left my brain, and I've been trying to memorize it, but if you're anything like me, memorizing stuff's really hard. I have one scripture memorized, and it's the fruits of the Spirit, but I guess we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I don't believe that. I think you have more. No, I really don't. Okay. Here's what you said. You said, don't allow fear to derail what God wants to do mm-hmm. in your life. Every great purpose of God will be met with the power of hell. Mm-hmm. And and then I think you could have walked off stage, just like dropped the mic and walked off because I was really like, yes, it just kind of put things into perspective for me. And I wanted to ask you, I'm like, I know the answer, but I wanted to bring it up. How, yeah. how will the great purpose of God be met with the powers of hell? Sure. So I think it's a lot of things. Um, I think in that passage in particular, the thing that was being addressed um, was fear. Um, and, and this is something that we've said before, I know, on the podcast. I'll certainly bring it up from time to time in messages on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. uh, because fear manifests itself in so many different ways. Um, you know, fear, fear obviously is, I mean, can be fright, can be, you know, literally scared of something. But fear also shows up in the form of depression, the form of anxiety, the form of worry, I mean, a lot of different ways in our culture. And so fear is absolutely a weapon that the enemy will use to come against God's purpose, God, God's plan in your life. And that's why Jesus says, look, don't be afraid about what's about to happen to you because some things were about to happen to them and some people were going to be causing that. Jesus knows about it. He sees it clearly. And he says, look, this is going to happen. So don't let fear overcome my plan, my purpose in your life because I put a purpose in you. I've got a plan in you. And um, and it's definitely going to be met. I mean, he even uses the word devil, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's lots of that language in that passage. So, so the purpose that God has in us is absolutely going to be met with the power of hell. Yeah, I mean, fear can be debilitating mm-hmm. if you let it. Yes. I mean, like, you can't move forward. Like, I 100% get that fear just can consume and control you. Um, what other ways besides fear are we to be um, looking out for these powers of hell. Well, one of the ways that's going to come up this next week, um, or this this coming this coming Sunday, um, is compromise. And um, there's, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that the enemy can come against you. So don't get me wrong about that. I mean, fear is, is definitely one of them um, in all of its forms. Um, doubt, I think, is one of them, which mm-hmm. is closely related to fear, um, that we begin to doubt ourselves, doubt our calling, doubt our possibilities. I mean, we can doubt a lot of things, and the enemy uses doubt in our own heads. And division um, right now. I mean, anywhere he can divide us, right? I mean, that, I mean, that, there's, there's the heart of it. And this is, I think that's one thing I either said this past week or the week before was that the church may not be united, but the enemy certainly is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. because they are, the enemy is united around one thing, and that is the sand against the purpose of God in our life. And so that's why I say, man, every great purpose is going to be met with the power of hell if it's this purpose of God. When you say it like that, though, it's like, oh man, like you just think of, I don't know, it just really put into perspective for me, maybe you too, and I just wanted to make sure that we could talk about some of these ways. But compromise, yes. you had a good idea. Yeah, so um, so compromise, I think, is is one of the, is, is another one of those ways. Well, it's not that I think, I know it is. It's, it's what happens um, in the next passage of Scripture that we're going to be going to. Um, and the church has compromised, not, for, not in like the, um, the instance of, 
um, a, a husband and wife, you right. know. Or like, friends, like, yeah, oh, friends. you do this and we'll do this, and it's compromise and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the compromise that ends up costing you something, the, co- the compromise that ends up bringing about destruction. So not cost you like, you know, it cost you your pride for a minute or cost you what you wanted for a minute, but actually destroyed your marriage, actually destroyed your relationship, destroyed your um, your career, whatever. I mean, yeah. Compromising your position, and I was like, right, got it. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's it, it's a compromise that ends up costing like that, you know, brings about destruction. Um, and that's exactly what happens. It's actually the church of Pergamum um, in Revelation, and um, the church compromises with the culture and becomes more like the culture than they are like Christ. And Jesus calls them out on that. So when Jesus is looking at his church, which is supposed to be his church, it ought to be the image of who he is and what he does. But he looks at them and says, you look like Pergamum, not like me. Um, and all so, these compromises that you've made over the years, and all of a sudden you just don't look like who you used to look like. That's right. right. That's right. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, compromise could, I mean, it could literally be anything, but ultimately it ends up leading um, to, to destroying, in this case, that witness of what it looks like to image Christ to the world. You know, Shane, we both, you know, we're halfway through, not halfway through, but, you know, in our 30s, late yeah. 30s, parents and stuff. And I can tell you a couple different scenarios. Don't worry, I won't bore you. But where I have um, compromised, you know, what I thought, I guess I could say my values, yeah. my morals, um, compromised probably like uh moving the kingdom forward and just been like derailed or distracted, which mm-hmm. we know that the enemy yes. uses that too. And now with all this hindsight, I, I know exactly what that looks like. But when you're faced with it, it's so, um, it's like a slow drip. You just don't know that you're compromising these really important things mm-hmm. until you're way down here thinking, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Absolutely. It was just one drink. Or I only got behind the wheel that one time. Or whatever. I yeah. can't think of anything else. And then all of a sudden it's 10, it's 15. And, and you're, I mean, you're, you're a different person. Absolutely. All of a sudden God doesn't recognize you and I don't want to be like that. Yeah. The, well, so the drinking piece, and I think that's always a good thing to talk about um, because it, it'll definitely push redneck buttons in this part of the, the United States. I don't know where you're watching from, but if you live in South Central Kentucky where we live, um, people affectionately refer to this place as the Bible Belt. So depending on what church you go to, what kind of church, what flavor church you go to, um, even within the Baptist um, faith and tradition, uh, depending on which one you belong to, is you know is drinking acceptable or is it not acceptable? Specifically, the issue of alcohol. Um, and it, here's the thing: when it comes to compromise, it's kind of tricky because biblically, having a drink isn't wrong. Like there's, it, it's not compromising to have a to have a, a glass of, of of whatever you know, wine or bourbon or beer, whatever it may be. That's not a compromise. Um, but it can be seen as that way. And so, um, you know, if, if you've been around the church for a little while and you've been around those ultra-religious, hyper-religious people that say, well, it's absolutely wrong to have a drink, you know, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't, it's a sin to, to drink. Uh, well, again, the, the text doesn't say that. It, the, the scripture does not teach abstinence of alcohol. It teaches against drunkenness. Drunkenness, yes. Which, so there's a line. You know, the one thing that doesn't teach abstinence against can lead to drunkenness, and that's when it becomes a, an issue and a problem. But you'll have some people out there say, well, you know, it's wrong because you're going to destroy your witness. Okay, well, maybe. It, it depends. So if it's 
if it's a believer and another believer, and especially if the other believer is older, um, you know, the, the God's been around the church for 40 years. The woman's been following God for six years of, of her life, and she just believes, or he just believes, or oh, you shouldn't drink, drinking's wrong, drinking's a sin. Um, for you to have a drink in front of them is not going to destroy their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, it should not hinder them in their walk with God whatsoever. Um, so it doesn't become a stumbling block. That's the language that gets right. used all the time. Well, you're a stumbling block. Well, I shouldn't be. Not if you're more mature than I am. And mm-hmm. now if I'm more mature than you and you're willing to bow your head to that, then all right, well, I better not have a drink in front of you. This is going to make you have a come apart and go out and get drunk because the pastor had a drink. Um, there's there's that aspect of it to it. I think it's taken out of context. The part, though, that ends up mattering to me, um, and this is what Paul talks about. Basically, Paul says, look, doesn't matter if I can do it or not do it. Doesn't matter if it's legal or illegal. Um, th- that's not the issue. The issue is, if this is going to keep me from shining light on the name of Jesus, if this is going to keep me from from an opportunity to make his name known, that I'm just I'm not going to do it. I will not compromise there because what I'm not compromising is not my my will, my way, what I want in the moment. Um, I, I'm not going to compromise on the opportunity to make his name known. And ultimately, when we talk about purpose of God, that's all of our purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, every one of us. Yeah, God created us and called us to some very some very specific things that are unlike the other individual. We're all bringing something to the table that God has specifically given us. But generally speaking and ultimately speaking, his purpose is to make his, is to know God and to make his name known. That's it. That's what hell will come against. And compromising, you know, I guess I'm always like, it's it's what you do when you drink. It's what you say when you drink. It's not probably the drinking, you know. Sure, absolutely. Um, compromising who who you're hanging around with. Who, you know, you've said it before, who you invite to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely different when you've been drinking than at church on Sunday morning. Sure. Am I right? So um, compromising the values and the, the, you know, moving the kingdom forward. I totally understand why people don't want to drink at all. Yeah. Um, I like the word compromise. I think I'm really excited about Sunday so that I can learn uh, more about that. But I just think it's something that we have to be aware of mm-hmm. constantly, right? We have to be constantly aware that these power of hell, the powers of hell, I mean, they're there. They're yeah. there all the time. Absolutely. And um, when you said what you said, don't allow fear to derail what God wants to do in your life. Every great purpose of God will be met with the power of hell. It just made me think of just how, just how many times, just looking back over my 37 years, mm-hmm. right? Just how many times I've been distracted or derailed or let fear, you know, just make me be quiet about something that God probably didn't want me to be quiet on. That's right. And I just, I loved that so much. And I, I wanted to break it apart for anyone else that you also spoke to as well. And I think um, division right now in the country mm-hmm. is really big and the compromising our, our values. I mean, at the very core, we are called to love people. And Absolutely. if we're not doing that because of all these other things, then we're compromising, you know, the furtherment of the kingdom. Absolutely. Well, I think keep silent can be a compromise. Oh, yeah. Um, and now that's a big thing right now um, in our nation. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you a very real quick one specific example. It has nothing to do with what's going on in our nation right now. But but it was um, when I was a young pastor. And when I say young pastor. A young buck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm talking 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And I can remember, um, it wasn't at a revival, but it was a, it was a kind of uh, revival of sorts. Um, I was on staff at Hillview um, Heights Church for a long time, and it wasn't a revival that we were doing, but all these startup churches that, that Hillview had started up, like all the pastors of those churches were in. 
Um, and I, I, I can remember, man, this guy being in front of me and, and Pastor Steve had given the invitation and we were working the altar and God had put this kid on my heart. Like I, I knew it that, 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 um, just to, just to, to talk to him, to, you know, uh, there's John like no relationship just, with, with yeah. yeah, with Jesus. And I didn't. Um, I didn't at all. Scared, right? Yeah, like I just, I, or I thought it was stupid, or I'm not going to do that. Like, how do I start? Yeah, you know, I talked my, completely talked myself. I remained silent. Mm-hmm. Um, and another pastor walked up to that person and just out of the blue started this conversation, led that guy to Christ, and then um, baptized him. Isn't that amazing? And I was like, and, but I learned something right there. Um, to one, pay attention to that inkling, that drawing of the Holy Spirit, and not to remain silent. And I, I remained silent, and so had nothing to do with the cultural issue of the day. Had everything to do with that person's life, his his, his eternal life. That's what it had to do with, and I remained silent. So, I, again, I think that's yeah, that's one of the ways that the the enemy can try to silence us or use our voice for something other than what God meant for us to use it for. Well, you know what I got out of that is like you can be helpful or you can be hurtful. You know, yeah. either way, God is going to do what he wants to do. He can either exactly use right. you or just be like, gosh, Shane is not going to come with me again. You know, yep. and so I'm like, I'm, I want to be used. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's good. All right. Compromise is the word of the day. Let us know if you like this scripture too and what you thought about it. What kind of powers of hell are you facing?